Now live and on lockdown. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, and across the globe. Worldwide, baby. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed. Going Beyond Borders podcast on Heart Song Live Radio with your host. Ladies, ladies, and gentlemen. Please, please welcome Fraser Ramsey. Good evening and welcome to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. Uh, apologies for the slight delay, uh, slight, uh, slight technical issue, but all, all sorted now, ready to rock and roll, ready to kick off the show. So th- welcome to, uh, I don't know what you've been up to this week, whatever you've been doing, or you've had a good one, hope it's been good or fun, maybe you've been working hard, the weather's been relatively good in Edinburgh, happy days. If you happen to be out on a Saturday night tonight in Edinburgh, you could be watching the Rolling Stones at Murrayfield, uh, stage full of the pensioners, literally, but Mick Jagger and the, his band, are the Rolling Stones, are on stage. So, um, yeah, apologies for that slight hiccup again. But anyway, let's just kick off. We do have a doctor in the house. We do have all the way from a little canny girl from Texas. And uh, <laughs> we've got, she's trying not to laugh. <laughs> and uh, we've got uh, Dr. Tammy Francis Donaldson in the house. So welcome, Tammy. How's it going? Hey there. How's it going? Hello. I tell you, this is unleashed. I don't know what you're going to say. So this mm. is going to be the best interview ever. So <laughs> For those of you joining us. Introduce yourself. <laughs> I am Dr. Tammy Donaldson. I am a success strategist and literacy educator. I help women strategize how to move in the direction of more and prepare for what's next. And I do that through my small groups and individual coaching. And I do it even online through literature and free. I have an online community. So um, I'm all about um, raising the consciousness of women. And so that's what I do. And that's who I am. Thank you for having me on the show. This is a wonderful experience. Thank you. Yes, we finally got her on the show. We did, we were going to have yeah. her, the old <laughs> brands. We were going to have her on, but things just didn't, we're like passing ships in the night. So, but we are now here. She's now on the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. And she is unleashed. As I say, it's Tammy Francis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have... know about that, but we're gonna see. <laughs> oh, from little kind of girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I have to shut up. That's really bad. Um okay. Uh, we are gonna have some music later on in the show from Chris Angelus. Um so um that's where we have her. It's an upcoming artist. We're gonna have future upcoming artists and people we're going to be interviewing on the show. People like Brent Mann, the Canadian singer, songwriter, gospel artist who currently lives in Miami. We have uh, Lisa Moen, who's a Canadian and a singer no, I've got half a Canada's songwriters uh, going on. I've got Canadian, we've got uh, uh, Ephia We've also got Altivis Pelzer. We've got uh, Winston Ben Clements coming up. We've got lots and lots of people lined up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting from authors to musicians to coaches to take your pick, actors, and Joseph Tamanga Jr. He's the man. You're looking up, a good one. Uh, but yeah, lots of interviews coming up. Lots more fun. And at the moment, we have Tammy Francis Donaldson. So, Tammy, what's been going on in Texas? How's, it, how's the weather? What's been going on? How's your week been? Tell us a little bit about your week. It's been it's been a great week. It's been busy, but it's been a great week. The weather here is tropical. It's very nice. It's we're we're probably in the nineties, hundreds degree, or oh, close to a hundred uh, degree weather. So it is. We're already in summer. Let's just say that we are already in summer. But and we have a few more weeks before it's summer here in the in in Texas. So 
we we're heating up, so it's it's been good. Thank you. Well, weather here, well, we can see. Think about Edinburgh, Scotland. The weather is kind of in between. It's we don't we don't get really that cold in the winter. We can. No, maybe five below freezing, nothing. Okay, major. okay. I'm going to have to stop you because I've seen snow. I know, we've had snow, but it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not really that majorly cold. It, depending on what part. Edinburgh is kind of because it's on the coast. It kind of doesn't okay. really get it as much, but we just have that central belt where you get hammered. It's actually either just grey all the time or raining. We do get nice hot days. But it's a weird thing. We don't get really that hot. We don't really get that cold. It's a kind of, But obviously parts of America can get really, really cold. And really hot in the summer, and it's there's not really in between. So right. our weather is just generally guff in general. So it's rubbish. But anyway, that's just the story. <laughs> for you. The place that you come here, and it'll be sunny next. It'll be raining. It might be windy. It maybe snowing. It's in four seasons in one day here. You just don't get anywhere else. Oh, it's crazy. Okay. You just don't know what to prepare. You just have to pick it up with it. You just gum it. That's all you do. But anyway, enough about Scottish weather. Enough about just because we're in Scotland. But hey-ho, let's get down to the nitty-gritty and find out a little bit about Tammy Donald, Dr. Tammy Donaldson. And let's find out a bit about her background, her lifestyle growing up. Uh, We will then come into a little bit about her Catalyst for Change and why she kicked off that, her teaching and education, being a mother, and... uh, and anything else on top of that plus we'll have some music and we'll have our general uh, contribu- contributors I'm trying to get my teeth in there um, from like Guy or Cook we have Eileen Smith uh, people we help support the show and vice versa so uh, Tammy so tell us tell us a little bit girl Tammy Donaldson in the Texas <laughs> country girl <laughs> well and I and I grew up here um, in in Texas, cool. and a lot of people think of Texas as horses, and that we're that I ride a horse, and you know that I wear a cowboy hat with a big <laughs> buckle, and that's that's very stereotypical because it's not that's not that's not at all the way I grew up. Although you know I, my great grandparents mm-hmm. have land Sweet. in a rural area where we did have those things, but. I didn't dress like that. Like I'm, I'm a city girl and I'm very much a city girl. And, um, but I was, I was raised here and I lived here. Um, I, I stayed here until I went off to school, went off to college and went off to the university. And that's when I started, you know, bouncing around. But the interesting thing about me is I've always lived in Texas. Like, even though I've lived in different cities, I've always lived in Texas, you know, but I grew up in a home where I was the middle child who, in our home, I kind of function like the older child sometimes because my brother is so much older than me. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And I grew up, um, I guess, lower middle class, I guess you would say. You know, I say poor, but, you know, I know that there were some people who were worse off than I was. But, you know, I will say that I was one of those kids, you know, I just kept to myself. I was really quiet. Like, I was no... I, people were known for calling me antisocial um, just because I didn't talk a lot. And I didn't talk a lot because I stuttered and I stuttered as a child. And so, which is interesting because now I'm on this radio show and now I'm here talking to you and my platform is all about talking. But growing up, I stuttered, I stuttered into adulthood, um, young adulthood. And eventually, you know, I just figured out ways. I never had any speech therapy. I never had um, any kind of intervention that schools typically provide for children now. 
that um, that stutter or that have spe- speech issues. And I really didn't understand it until I went to college. My bachelor's degree is in psychology. And so I took a psychology class. And that's when I finally figured out what stuttering was. And that's eventually, then I was like, oh, then it all clicked and I was able to get past it. So I just think that's probably the most interesting thing about my childhood that a lot of people don't know is that I really stuttered. And now I just I talk nonstop. Like Fraser's probably thinking, uh, Dr. Tammy, I asked you one question, and now you're going on so, and you know talking so, about this. You know. <laughs> so what? With stuttering, I mean, that must. I mean, it's not easy. Many people do have stutters. It's, I mean, what made you get over that, or what kind of helped you get over that? Any particular ways, things you did? Let me just say, like when I was little, I didn't know why I stuttered. And I just remember seeing people like moving their hands when I would start stuttering. It would happen when I would say my W's, my M's, like certain sounding letter sounds, it would start. And so I just remember people like they were directing traffic. And I was thinking, what are you doing? And when they started directing traffic and trying to get me to get it out, whatever I was trying to say, it made it worse. And so I didn't really talk. And so that's when I fell into reading. And I did a lot of reading. But when I went to college, I realized what it really was. It's really your brain going faster than your mouth. You think your, 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 your thoughts are just rapid fire, right? And so that's when I realized that, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's why I talk so fast. And when I get nervous, oh, my goodness. You know, so I was so I was so to answer your question, I was really I always talk fast as a child because I was trying to get my words to catch up with my brain. Because while you're on this thought, I'm already on the next thought. Like I'm already thinking about something else. Like I'm already analyzing what you're saying. I already have what you know, what's going on. And so I had to really get my mouth. And my brain in sync. And so once I, so when I read that in a psychology book, what it was, I was thinking, okay, what I need to do is slow to get both of those in sync, yeah. to get my thoughts to slow down and, and get my mouth to catch up <laughs> and create a happy medium. So I, I probably still talk fast to a lot of people. So that's not a Texas well, thing. That's a Tammy thing. Okay. I probably still talk fast, but I don't talk as fast as I did growing up. So that was one thing. And then I just realized different ways of saying things. So some, so initially I would not say, so for instance, if I called you, mm-hmm. I would not say, may I speak to Frazier because M's gave me a hard time. So okay. I would say, is Frazier home, which is actually incorrect and rude, okay. but I could say it without stuttering. Okay. And so I just did certain things like that. And so what I started doing was I started figuring out the words and phrases that I didn't struggle with and lead with those. Cause of course, once I started talking, it was all good. It was just that initial, you know, start. So those are just some things that I did. And then of course, eventually, I guess you can say I grew out of it because, you know, if I stutter now, I don't catch it. Right, okay. <laughs> and it's probably like everyone else. It's like a stutter, like anyone else. Like it's just, you're, you know, you're thinking about what you want to say type of thing. So I guess I just grew out of it, you know, but I think, and maybe it was just a mindset, like, because I didn't know what it was. I thought I was so different. And then when I figured out what it was, it was like, Oh, that just means I'm smart. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So So then I felt better about it. So maybe that that's what I needed. I, that was the cure. I just needed to know I was smart. (laughs) So so what made you, what made you choose psychology? Why did you, what was uh... Okay. Now that's interesting, Frazier, that you asked that, you know, I knew that I wanted 
to, you know, make, I, I, I always wanted to teach. Right. I wanted to teach when I was little, but what I knew about teaching and watching my teachers in school is that they didn't make a lot of money, but they didn't make a lot of money and they didn't get respect. And the students in my classes that were with me, cause I was quiet because I stuttered. Right. So I didn't really talk a lot, but observing them, I realized they were bad. They were some bad kids. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, okay. So I was like, okay, I don't want to teach, but maybe I need to cancel these kids that are in my class. All these students that are in my classes, I need to counsel them. So that's when I decided, okay, I'll do psychology. And I just started looking into it. And of course, the more I researched and looked into it and found a school that was top in Texas for psychology made for psychology degrees, I decided, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Plus, I have the I have the opportunity to make so much more money. But that's because I really didn't understand the magnitude and the power of education and how even being a teacher, you can do so much more. But some people just choose not to. And so that's when I just decided to do it. And of course, once I got into it, I loved it. But you know, when something is for you, it is for you. And when you are put on this earth to do something, it's hard to run from it. So even though I got a bachelor's degree in psychology, I couldn't run from my love from teaching. And I realized that my last year or two in college, but it was too late to change my degree because I wasn't crazy. Like I I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I knew better than to change my major because and I said, because I can always get a next degree, because at that point I understood, okay, a master's degree and doctoral degree. So I understood the different, the differences. So I said, I'm not going to change my major. So I finished the, the psychology degree, but I've always wanted to blend the two. And so that is kind of where I am now in my current space is blending the two. But, you know, I couldn't run from education. So I ended up doing that too. Uh, Tommy Dawson, the criminal profiler. <laughs> TV show coming up next. <laughs> There we go. So that's good. So you psyching everybody out every time you're at school or college, uni, or whatever you want to call it in America. Say that last so part again. I say you're psyching everybody out when you're at college. You say that can psych you out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But I will say that I really, I like observing people. I like interacting with people. I like connecting with people. So that aspect of the psychology and just behavioral science, mm -hmm. I really love. I love um, connecting with people and just seeing what makes them tick, what, you know, what, what, what draws their interest, what they're interested in. And, you know, so I, so I really love studying behavior like and bit, bit of like, course, and the mind and why we do the things we do, which is, you know, all connected. So yeah, a bit of a profiler, like profiling people, like <laughs> a, a, a behavioral analysis unit, like um, criminal minds, you know, in a way, in a way uh, to profile just sounds so negative, but I guess in a way it, it is, does, it does work. Um, but I just think that part of it for me is really just, um, Connecting with people on a level that's just not surface and, you know, really understanding them. So I can easily tell when someone is having a bad day or having a good day and I may not have any physical interaction with them. I may not have any, um, may not even talk to them. So it's, it's really interesting how, um, how that works and how, how I'm so interested and fascinated by that. 
I quite like a bit of profiling. It's great. You know, I enjoy it. I see somebody's <laughs> doing it. You don't realise it's amazing what you notice about people that they don't notice. Uh, especially, well, you can how the people when they dress or their hair and what they do and little traits. It's amazing if you when somebody you know and what they do. It's quite interesting when you, but you obviously don't quite point it out to them uh, bluntly by saying, oh, you do this, and you go, oops, do I? Uh, so get yourself into trouble. So, But uh, it's quite interesting how you can sort of tell people's characteristics just by watching them and people watching and profiling. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Let's say the least. Yeah, let's, let's call it people watching. People watching. <laughs> just sit and watch people and they go, what are you staring at? That's nothing. Just, uh, just looking at a bird in the tree. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Let's say, so you've done your psychology... You've, you've, you're at uni, you know, you're, you're cooking, whatever you're pro- processing. And so, what after you left and you finished, and did you get your first job, or what was your sort of plans? Did you go traveling? Did you kind of explore out with your wee village and uh, <laughs> city girl? What did you do? No. When I finished college, um, my parents, that, that year, my parents were going through a divorce. Okay. And, um, and so I, I came home. I came back to Corpus, mm-hmm. and I started working. Now, listen, I yes. started working at a call center where I was answering phones. Mm-hmm. I did the training, and I did one day, two weeks of training, and one day of work. And at the end of that, I said, oh, my goodness, I... I don't like this. Uh, I don't think I like this. <laughs> like call, call center, call centers. Yes. Or, you know, whether you have, where people call about yeah, their credit cards or something yeah. else. Yeah. And so I was thinking, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And so that's when I decided to go back to school, but I actually came home. And then that fall by August, I came home in that May when the semester was over. And then by August, I was back in school because I learned really early Mm-hmm. That I don't like this. <laughs> okay, that's good, that's good. Like this is not what I went to school to do. So, tell just around that time of your life. I mean, even with you and your 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 sister and your brother, was that with your folks going through a divorce? Was that a really kind of really tough time, or did you just kind of just get on with it, or was it kind of manageable? You know, the interesting thing about that is. Um, when, when they were getting the divorce, I was already in college. So I had lived my life, my 18 years, 18, you know, years with both my parents. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I didn't know any different. So when they got a divorce, when I was in college and at the end of college, actually, so I was, you know, 21, you know, so I didn't really, it didn't really have the same effect I think it has on someone who is in the home, like children who are in the home. I think it's very different. And so, you know, my brother and sister, like my brother, he was, of course, on his own because he's four years older than I am. My sister was still at home and she was in her senior year. So she got to see all of it. So like her relationship with my mom and dad is very different from me. Right. And, you know, my dad is still the apple of my eye. He's still, he's still the bomb.com. You know, he's, he's dad. Um, and I've always been daddy's little girl. I'm still daddy's little girl, even though I'm just the oldest. I'm not the only girl. I, don't tell my sisters. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so during that time, it was really interesting. So the reason I came home because my mom wasn't doing too well. You know, she wasn't handling it very well, losing weight and stuff. And I said, well, let me come home. You know, I was I even though I was the middle child, I really was the oldest. And so I came home and, you know, just to hang out with her, make sure she was good and eating stuff like that. And, you know, of course. I decided to go to school. So then I stayed, you know, even after things were better, I stayed. But, you know, my brother is this quiet one. You know, my brother is kind of, I call him my quiet string. He's the <laughs> one that, um, you know, if I need him, he's there. If something happens, he's there. He's kind of like my dad in that regards, but he's not going to say much and he's not going to ask, you know, so you have to do the ask. And my sister is a spitfire. You know, she is just, she is my protector. She is, you know, just if, if, if there's going to be a fight out of all of us, she's going to be the one, you know, she's that kind of person. And so I think I'm an even kill in the middle, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm a middle child and I'm kind of the same way I can be quiet. Um, depending on the situation, I can be a little spitfire because people have called me feisty, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think I'm also, because I have, you know, I have that older child position in the family. I do. I like to take charge. So I, I like, you know, I must say I control is not a bad thing when you talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> so you start, oh, goodness. So when you about teaching, what did you, well, when you about school, what did you, what were you doing next or what was the next stage of that, of your career? You know, when I got my degree, so I went back to school and I ended up going back for teaching. I went to the university and they said, look, I said, I want to just sub so I can make money while I get my psych, continue my psychology degree. And they said, you know, with nine more hours, you can have a master's. So I did it. And of course, after the first class, oh my goodness, Fraser, I loved it. I was like in heaven. Like I was thinking, I have arrived. Like this is it. Like this is amazing. And so I did education. And then of course, Instead of going back to psychology, I just stayed in the education field and I started teaching and I got my first teaching job in Houston, Texas and a seventh grade class teaching reading, which is my my primary content area is reading. And it was interesting because it was larger than any school I've ever been in, mm-hmm. because in Corpus, our schools were about anywhere from 600 middle school was about 600 to at most maybe 800 students in Houston, it was 2,200 students. It was the size of a high school in my town where I grew up and in most places. Mm -hmm. And so we are like a small faculty and I'm a 21 year old teaching, like young (laughs) teaching in this school of 2,200 students. So it was definitely an experience. How, what what age group is seventh grade for those Seventh grade is about twelve, thirteen. So, so they're going. So it's pubescence. So usually, right around January in seventh grade, that's when the girls get giggly and start turning red, and that's when the boys become peacocks. <laughs> I know I'm stereotyping, but as a teacher, I saw it every year, every single year it happened. Um, so yeah, so it's that age group where they're going through the change, and it's right. obvious. The twelve, well, twelve, thirteen was <laughs> seventh grade, obviously, to what is to what the covenant over here is when they start a secondary school of they they go to the age of 11 they finish primary after that they start secondary school for the age of 12 onwards um so you're what we 
11, 12, well, 11 is primary 7, and then it's first year of secondary school up until about six year, depending on the year, about 17, 18. And after that, you can either go to college or get a job, basically, depending on what you want to do. So that's that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so certainly you saw, the, you saw all sorts happening. Uh, at that, the kids at that age, especially these days, they're a bit mental, uh, to say the least, the kids, but uh, as they're growing up. But yeah, so a bit more, you've uh, you've started your first job. How long were you in this job for? The same, were you there, there for a while in Houston, Texas? So what was your next career sort of move? I, I was there for four years. So I taught there four years. And then, you know, typically what draws me home is life events. Um, I'm a big family girl, like family is everything. And so, um, especially my immediate family. And once again, my mom had a surgery that went bad and ended up in the hospital. And that semester before I moved to Corpus back home, I was coming home every weekend. I would leave Friday at four o'clock when I got done with teaching Mm -hmm. and I would be here all weekend and I would leave here at the Sunday night at the end of visiting hours at 9 p.m. and drive all the way back to Houston, which was a, you know, it's about a three and a half, four hour drive where I lived in Houston because Houston is pretty big. And I would do that every weekend. I did that every weekend that spring. And so it was one, it was exhausting because I really didn't get a weekend. I didn't get a break because I was either working or I was in Corpus um, taking care of mom and being at the hospital. And being at the hospital 24-7 is no fun because right. there's nowhere to sleep, right? So I realized that I needed to to move home so I could be here. That way at least I could work and sleep in a bed and, you know, just visit. So that's what I did. I ended up that June I found a job, and she still wasn't out of the woods. She was mm-hmm. better, um, and we knew she would live at that point. But it was still this constant care. And so driving her around and doing things. And even though I had siblings, like I said, I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm the go-to child. So it was, it was on me. And so what I did was I decided to move home and, you know, in life, there are things that just work out. And when they work out, you know, that it's your time. I didn't think I was ready to leave Houston, but when I decided to leave and I was okay with leaving because I knew the task at hand, I knew what I needed to take care of. That's what happened. Um, I moved, came to Corpus just to visit. I came to job hunt, just knock on a few doors. We were at a local Mexican restaurant to eat. And my mom ran into an old classmate who at the time, neither one of us knew was the principal of the high school here in Corpus. And they're in the restroom just catching up. And she says, oh, yeah, I'm here now. I moved back. I'm the principal at this high school. And my my mom, of course, she's my advocate. Like your mom is your advocate. My mom is my advocate. She is my everything. She said, you know, my daughter is here. She's looking for a job. She teach English language arts in Houston, but she's looking for a job. Um, And she was like, you know, I need an English teacher. So she encouraged me to apply. And that's what I did. I applied. I went through the process and I got the job. And so everything happened so fast that I had to turn in my letter of resignation for my previous district to get out of my contract without penalty, mm-hmm. that everything happened so fast that I had the job. I knew where, and of course I could stay with my mom. So I didn't have to worry about a place to stay immediately. And, you know, I was able to turn that in. And so by June 30th, everything worked out. And so for those that get discouraged and, you know, you, you think you've made a decision and it's a tough decision. And if you notice things are working in your favor, 
Mm-hmm. It's probably meant for you to do that. It's meant for you to go forward. You know, I talk with women all the time about, you know, paying attention to life's messages and paying attention to the things that are happening because everything happens for a reason. And if there's something that you're meant to do, you won't be able to run from it. You won't be able to get away from it. And if there's some position, some whatever job, task, project, business, whatever you're, the thing you're embarking on, your goals are, if things start working out, you probably want to pay attention. You want to pay attention that that may be where you need to go. That's the direction of more for you. Well, uh, tell me, what's your, do you have a faith, a religion? Are you a churchy person? Are you go to church? Do you believe in God or what's your, do you have that in your family? I was raised in the church. I have always been in the church. I grew, I, I, I grew up Baptist. And when I moved to Houston, um, it shifted. I went to a Baptist church in Houston, but then it kind of shifted there, you know, to more of a non-denominational environment. And of course, once I moved back to Corpus Baptist, so I've been, you know, um, so that's my religion. I am, I'm definitely a a spiritual person. I don't think I'm extremely religious. Um, so I'm not one that just spews out scriptures all the time. Um, I know them. I, I'm aware of them, mm-hmm. but that's not my thing. I think it's more of your personal relationship with whatever source you believe in, whatever you believe in. And it's all about being a better you and a better person. And okay. so um, I don't so so I don't necessarily push that on others, um, but I know what I believe and I'm firm in my belief. And I hold on to that because that has really kept me over the years and has kept me not only kept me in alignment, but it has kept me sane, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, something about going back to your faith, going back to your religion, going back to that spirituality that keeps you grounded. And, um, I have gone to it many times, you know, my morning playlist is just that, you know, it's gospel. Okay. You know, gospel is that, that music that I go to when things are, when life gets hard, when life throws me curveballs, you know, the church is where I go for comfort, you know, so I, you know, so I've, I've always been in the church and, um, you know, that's, okay. that is me. <laughs> we're going to take a small uh, break. Uh, we're going to listen to some music. We're going to, okay. uh, but then we'll come back and we'll talk about the second part, I mean, uh, Batami being a mother and uh, life and how she's, what she's doing relatively now with her Catalyst for Change and how just a bit more into her education and where she's teaching and the types of things she does, uh, her face, many Facebook Lives that she does also with... Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about them. Uh, plenty of information, always good topics um, to chat about, but we will come, we're going to play some music called Photo Booth by Chris Angelis, an upcoming artist, which I'm connecting with many artists at present. Uh, looking to find upcoming artists and music to play on the show and to help bring their music across to Scotland uh, and also on Hearts on Live. So we'll be back after this. Um, so and we'll be back, yeah, back shortly. Mm. You said I was wonderful. Missed me. You made 
Hi, this is Guy R. Cook from the Guy R. Cook Report reminding you that in the dog-eat-dog world of podcasting, Ramsey Unleashed, featured on heartsonglive.co.uk, it's got to be having a leg up on the competition. You're listening to Edinburgh, Scotland's must-listen-to podcast on heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. 
And welcome back after that wee bit of music and some uh, one of our couple of our jingles. Um, and uh, yeah, so hope you're all keeping keeping well. And uh, we have our Tammy Francis Donaldson, all the way from Texas, on the line. Um, and also, just in case you've been wondering, if you've been following me um, on Facebook, I'm in the process of trying to do some weight because I was fat. So just to, I've got a I've been on a diet called the Simple as Fat Diet, simpleasfat.com by a guy who I connected with called John Gaunt, who lost about five stone in six months. And it is literally no carbs. So I'm kind of, I'm on my six week weeks with eating no carbs and I'm losing weight and I've joined the gym and I'm feeling great so if you're interested in finding a bit more like, give us give me a shout happy to chat about it happy to introduce you to the simplestfat.com way of life um, but anyway it's always good to lose weight and get healthy as I say when you're not getting any younger it gets a bit harder to lose weight so it's good to sort of just go for it but anyway welcome back Tammy how you doing great great thank you so um, let's uh, kick off with our next part of your journey. Uh, we've let single mother, how, and also what you're doing now with your Catalyst for Change and everything else. It's all mixed in between. So grab it and just pick and mix like a pick and mix sweetie bag, your candy bag. Sorry, <laughs> just take one out and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I am a mother. I'm a mother of two boys. And they keep me on my toes. They keep me moving and shaking. And, you know, that's a whole nother broadcast to talk about motherhood and um, raise and, and what it's like to raise boys when you're older. I think of myself as an older mom only because most of my cousins and my friends, their children are graduating high school. Like I'm looking at online and I'm thinking they're all graduating and my children are in elementary, you know, <laughs> almost, almost middle school age. But, um, you know, I, I, that has been an experience in itself. And it is the, it's the one thing that fuels what I do in my business. It is the one thing that keeps me motivated and keeps me going because, you know, I, I think about them. I think about legacy legacy is such huge for me because I think about where I am. I am the first doctor in my family and on both sides and that we know of, I guess I should say that, you know, historically that we know of. And it's interesting. Um, my realization of that has really altered how I navigate the world. You know, it has, it had always been a dream of mine. It's always been a goal of mine. It's always been something that I strive for. And I knew I would do, even when I started that bachelor's degree in psychology, that changed to education. I always knew that, but having children has really made me think about how do I want to leave the world? How do I want to show up in the world? How do I want them to see their mother. And so, um, so what I do today is really fueled by them. They are definitely keep me going and they watch me. I have one that I tell you, if I just if, talk about unleashed, if I just let him broadcast and set up an account Oh my goodness, he would take it. He would just take over because he watches me and he gets in my spot. You know, I have my setup and I kind of keep it that way so I can just kind of run in and do my broadcast and leave. So I keep the setup all the time. And so sometimes when I'm not sitting in my chair or standing in front of my tripod, he'll come in and he'll he'll say my intro. Like he knows my intro. He knows things. <laughs> and I think 
And so that reminds me that they're watching, like they're watching their mother. They're watching me. They're watching what I'm doing. And so I'm always mindful about that. So I think, you know, that is one thing. And of course, they're African-American boys. So that's another thing that I think about, too. Like, um, I know that they're going to be come against things in society Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to face and that I saw my brother and my dad and, you know, the people that my cousins, the people that I know that were black males, I know that they're gonna, that those things still exist. You know, we have this, um, I, I don't know what to call it. I'm losing my words, but we, I think we had gotten so relaxed that we thought times had changed Mm -hmm. here in America and it hasn't, you know, I think with the current regime and I use that word kind of intentionally using the word regime but with the current regime I think the presidency I think that it's interesting how some of the things that people sought and took advantage of and assumed was we had gotten past it we haven't and so I know that in the current climate of our country and the things that are happening, that I still must do the things that my parents had to do with my brother. I still have to prepare them for the what if. I right. still must think about what it is that, um, how they're going to navigate the world and be successful and enter spaces that allow them to be who they are and accept who they are and do that effectively. So. You know, it's a big task. I don't know if I'm up for it. It's kind of a day-by-day thing. It's, you know, there's no manual for motherhood. There's no manual for, you know, um, how to raise children of any culture, any race, at any age, in any country. There's just not a manual. So we just kind of do it by what we know and feel is right and how we were raised. So I find myself sounding like my mother a lot of the time. You know, the one thing that irritated me growing up was when my mom always said, because I said so. And I find sometimes I just want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't. But I I will say that um, motherhood has changed me. Motherhood Mm -hmm. has made me aware of the conversations that we should be having that we're not having. The conversations that um, are silenced. When the you know we should be having an open discussion, we should be having these grand conversations. And so I tell you, um, one to raise kids is something, but to raise black males, to mm-hmm. raise boys who will be men, is mm-hmm. something totally different. Why do you so, think? Um, why do you think there's such a black white divide still in America these days, within the modern world? And it seems to be sort of up and down, or it's getting worse again. Or is it getting better? Is it starting to get better? Why is it always? But overall, being considering the UK, we don't really have this problem. There is, yeah, multicultural, but we don't tend to well, have the the kind of the, the level of hatred that is over in the USA. I mean, why, why do you think that? <laughs> you know, and you know, I I can't speak for everyone, but yeah. I I can say what I ha- what I think. And noticed. And I think that, you know, it's always been there. It's always been there from the beginning of time. You know, Um, this is the month for celebrating um, Juneteenth. Right. This month we're celebrating Juneteenth. And it's actually a worldwide holiday. But in Texas, it's really significant because Texas is one of the first states that 
um, started celebrating it as a holiday because Texas was about two and a half years behind everyone else after um, they, the Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And so by the time we got word here that slaves were free, you know, it was years later. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking about the time, like we'll start our 11 days of celebration here to actually today is you no know, today is the ninth. So yeah. today um, through the 19th. And so we're starting that here in my hometown. And so it's always been there. It's 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 not anything new. I think for a while it went silent. I think people were, but they just it wasn't as blatant. It wasn't as obvious. And when you have leadership that is open and honest about their feelings and their views, it gives others permission to do the same. And I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I'm at the point where I was always aware of the silent racism. I was always aware of that. You know, my mom was really big on us being aware of what's going on and being and using quote unquote common sense. So that has always been something that she kind of instilled in us to always be aware of that. And so, but you have to be more aware because people don't really say what they're thinking and what they feel. Right. Now they say what they think and they feel, which is, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad and I hate it. However, there's an aspect of it that I appreciate because I want to know where you stand because if I know where you stand, you are not in my circle. You are not a part of what I'm doing. And so, you know, because as opposed to guessing and all this other stuff. So, so yeah. So, you know, I, it's always been there. It's, it's never gone away. It's just, I think it's just magnified because people are now vocal about it. Like they were in the fifties, you know, in the forties in the sixties, you know, before the civil rights movement, I think people are just more vocal. And with, outward about it. I suppose with uh, social media these days, everything is now more videos and Facebook lives and live video things that are actually going on. So it's not quite obviously everything's now viral. If something happens, it just goes viral pretty quickly, uh, which is one thing. That's probably why it's all the uprising again. But I think it's I mean it's a very why it's such still such a bad thing and why it's happening is in this day and age we just never know but hopefully one day it will come to an end and it will, will be at least be minimalistic and there'll be no split between black and white anymore it'll be kind of all just one and we hope that someday but let's get back that's obviously another issue let's get back to <laughs> we could talk about that all day we could we could but there's <laughs> lot, you've got lots to talk about from Tammy so um, you've uh, been tell us Catalyst for Change. You've got you've been teaching. You're, you've talked about being a mother uh, and your inspiration with your kids. Um, you're now you obviously your your day to day work. You're, you're teaching teaching adults. Uh, you've taught kids. Uh, you're do you've set up Catalyst for Change. You're apparel. You've got a t-shirt thing. So talk about a bit more in depth about these things. You know. Okay. So currently what I've done, so I've been in education for 18 years now. I've been teaching for 18 years. I've taught middle school, high school, and now I'm teaching adults. And I've taught at the community college. I've taught at the university. So I've taught those getting bachelor's degrees, master's, and doctoral degrees. So I've taught for 18 years. And last year, well, actually December of 2016, I... You know, I always knew it, but it's kind of this thing where you now I'm going to do something about it. I realized that my classroom is bigger than 
the 40 students or the 120 students that I had that semester, depending on if it was summer or regular semester, that my classroom is more, it's bigger, it's global. And at that point, I decided, you know, I need to really see how I can branch out. And of course, that was shortly after live streaming. I guess live streaming was um, on the scene maybe about two years at the time and maybe a little over a year, year and a half. And I decided, you know, let me just tap into other things that I could do, you know, because I know that I I am one of those multi-passionate people that have several things that I enjoy. And so what I did was I actually started just live streaming. And really, I would say it was for fun. And I started doing that. And then, of course, as I started and researching, of course, I'm a researcher. So I started researching and looking into, you know, um, how to make the things that I knew I can do that I love to do profitable outside of working for someone else. And so that's when I just started doing some research. And of course, everything just kind of evolved. And like I said earlier about things falling into place, they just started falling into place for me, um, the things that I was doing. So so as I was live streaming, I just I started really building. Initially, I was more into my impact, my influence, and my visibility, and that's kind of what I focused on all of 2017. I just hit the red button or the blue button, depending on which platform. If you're on Periscope or if you're on Facebook or YouTube, the the button may change the color, but I just hit that live button and I just started live streaming just to get visible, just to get my name out there just to start building my audience because I realized my initial audience, because I was so heavy into Facebook, it was more family yeah. and friends. And so I needed to grow my audience to those that would be eventually customers or clients and friends in that way. And so I focused on that for pretty much all of 2017. That was it. And then around October, I started really thinking about profit. And really thinking about how can I expand this and add that last element that I needed. And so that's when I started my mastermind group. I have a mastermind group that I started that's more like an accountability. And it was just a 12-week intensive program that I designed and set up. And very it's, it's very successful. The ladies that go through there have been very successful. Some of them or, you know, they're, they're making more than me sometimes, <laughs> I think. And, um, but they're doing very well for themselves. And, of course, as I evolved, I started adding. So then I added the Catalyst for Change apparel line because I realized the, the women are going through my programs. And so it would really be nice. And I'm always, and I've been live streaming, I'm always putting positivity in them through my messaging. But why not put it on them so they can see it in the mirror? I'm a real big proponent um, and supporter of affirmations. And so I thought, let's put that positivity on them. So when they look in the mirror, when they look at themselves, when they're getting dressed in the morning, they look at their shirt, um, they'll see these positive messages reflecting back at them. And so I, so then I started the Catalyst for Change Apparel. And really my apparel line goes with the things that I'm doing. And so each of the shirts that are a part of my line, they have meaning based on the segment that I was, that I'm targeting. So I do a self-aware, I mean, a, a cause awareness each year. And typically, and the one that's constant is lupus. I, I, I do a lupus awareness campaign. So I created a lupus awareness shirt. I have my mastermind group. So I created a shirt for that. And so I just started doing that. And so that's kind of evolved. And so I made that into a business. And so that's a business of its own. So that, then I found myself 
Now, girlfriend, you have two businesses you're running, <laughs> which is good, um, but it, it's it's kind of grown and it's been this organic growth. It's been this um, this progression that has just been perfect and everything is just aligned so perfectly. Of course, now I've been focusing the last few months on the back end of things and really getting um, my house in order, so to speak, and really getting some of the other things in line. I'm still producing and creating, but I've, I've taken a step back and started thinking about my legacy and what I'm leaving and how can I make this sustainable. And so that's what I've been focused on now, but yeah, I have, you know, I work with women. I even have an online reading community that I have where I decided, you know what? People are typically reading, but they're reading fiction. Mm -hmm. I want women to read nonfiction so they can pour into themselves. If no one else is talking positive, talking positive um, to them or giving them positive languages, uh, language, then I want them to get that through literature. You know, there are people out there that are writing some wonderful pieces that we should be reading and we should be reading more. You know, there's this old cliche, right? Leaders are readers. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to create a space for a safe space for women to engage in literature, but yet be able to discuss it and discuss it on a personal level. Because when you start doing that personal work, when you start doing that inner work, You know, that's when all the dirt comes out. That's when all the emotions come out. That's when all the things that you have gone through and have experienced comes out. And so we must create a space for that because that's where healing takes place. That's where growth takes place. That's when you start to stretch onto your next. And so I decided to create that space. And so it has been a wonderful space. We had celebrated our one year anniversary last month and it's been a year we've been reading and the women are engaged. They're still, um, they, they haven't dropped off. The, the membership is increasing. And I'm realizing that that is, that is what I'm about. Like that's Dr. Tammy, you know, um, this idea of collaboration, sisterhood, but yet let's do something to improve ourselves. Let's move in the direction of more prepare for what's next. And we do that through, increasing our knowledge and building our knowledge base. And, you know, we can do that by talking with one another and having good conversations, but it's also reading. What, um, what got, we'll go go into it in a second. What got you into lupus? What, why lupus? Just a brief, give me a quick, and we'll talk about a bit more and take a small intermittent break. But if you tell it. Great question. Well, we'll come into Um, that. We'll come into that. Okay. we'll, We'll ask why lupus in a second. Um, and then you can talk about your catalyst for change because I want to hear a bit, bit, bit about that because that's good. Okay. And then we'll uh, so just two seconds, we're a couple of wee sweeps and okay. we'll just two back in a jiffy. And uh, as you do, and we'll back in a second. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders on heartsonglive.co.uk. Your, your inspirational story, your station. life. It could all change in just one night. You'll never understand your purpose in life until you give your life over to Christ. Will Graham, Billy Graham's grandson, is coming Friday, June 15th to Sunday the 17th to Falkirk Stadium, and it's all free. Artists like Newsboys, The Afters, and Aaron Schust. The Central Scotland Will Graham Celebration of Hope, June 15th to the 17th. It's a great time to share with a friend. Details at celebrationofhope.uk. 
Eloho and Heartsong in Edinburgh as worshippers gather from all across the British Isles for an uplifting and reviving evening of worship at Engage 2018 The Encounter featuring Philippa Hanna, Mu Yiwa and River Songs, Moji Sola and Shola Okunuga Saturday the 21st of July 2018 from 6pm to 9pm at the prestigious Assembly Rooms in Edinburgh Doors open at 6pm for a reception hour. Tickets available on www.engageworship.net Book your free tickets today for Engage 2018. Engage is brought to you by Heartsong Ministries in partnership with Scottish Bible Society, The Estes Company, Mission Aviation Fellowship, Unbound PR, Step Forward, Vine Juice, True Life Promotions, Care for Scotland, One Man in the Middle, Food for the Hungry, and much more. Engage 2018. One God Encounter can change everything. And welcome back. That was uh, Engage, which is run by Aloha and her team. Be interesting in this in July. So uh, July 21st, I, and well, I look forward to attending that. Um, but anyway, Tommy, so let's um, Catalyst for Change and why lupus? So Catalyst for Change, um, I chose Catalyst because Catalyst is, um, and I use that, I call myself, you know, well, Yes, I call myself and others do too, um, the success catalyst. And I, I chose that because, you know, a catalyst ignites change. It, it increases the acceleration. And so I think that whatever you're doing, it's always there. You know, whatever it is you're meant to do is always there. And so you just need something to, to inspire you or get you moving. And, and, you know, and that's that catalyst, that thing that, that, that accelerates the rate of change. And so, and of course we all change, you know, we should be the change we want to see in the world, the famous quote, you know, so why not? And so I hope that I am that I'm not the end all be all, but hopefully I can be a catalyst that will get you moving in the direction of more and preparing for what's next. Um, and I do that by focusing on mind, body, and soul. So when I created the apparel line and I started doing the kettle and I, you know, am really focusing and moving my platform to the catalyst for change platform. Um, and part of my messaging, you know, I want people to know that it's about action. It's about taking action. It's about making sure that when you set a goal when you set, you know, something before you, a task before you that you want to do, you want to accomplish, that you should be wanting to change. And so I created, so when I did the apparel line, of course, I decided I'm going to play on that. Let me use that and see, you know, how does it feel? You know, let me try that on through the apparel line. So the apparel line is called Catalyst for Change Apparel. And it's just unique clothing line that embodies change and you know, the aspirations of professional women that aspire for more. And so whether it's life or their business or relationships, it's this, this more of self-care and their ability to reach their goals. So I knew that if I was going to do something like that, if I'm going to have these businesses, I need to make sure that I am also serving, that I'm also giving back. And so 
um, I decided on lupus awareness because that was something my family already did. We do it every year. We participate in the lupus walk. We raise funds for about three months all year, but three months really hard around the walk because the walk is one month and then you have like two additional months to raise funds. And so my family has been doing that. And we've always been one of the top teams. We've been one of the top fundraisers for the last few years. And I started that um, because my cousin, who was more like my sister, we grew up as sisters, Mm -hmm. even though by blood we're first cousins. She was like my sister. Like, we were always together. Like, there's pictures of us. Like, I find them today, and we're always together. Like, there's always Pam and Tammy. And so she and she died um, from complications of lupus because her lupus went undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And by the time she was diagnosed, she was on her deathbed. She her kidneys had failed. Her other organs had started failing. And so she died as a result of being of not being diagnosed properly. And so, and that's the mystery of lupus. Lupus is one of those diseases that mimics so many other things. It mimics arthritis. It mimics cancer. It mimics all these other diseases. And they were, you know, treating her for the symptoms, but didn't really give her a proper diagnosis. She didn't really have a proper diagnosis. So, you know, so that is kind of been my, that's kind of been my therapy. My healing is to, um, do that awareness campaign. One, other people are aware, so maybe their family member can ask the right questions. Because it's all about asking the right questions when you go to the doctor. It's all about knowing. But my family had no idea of what lupus was. And, of course, this was in the 90s. So it was really early in the research phase. But there was already research being conducted. And and we just didn't know. We didn't know which questions to ask. We just, you know, we listened to the doctors and followed the doctors. And... You know, it's been one of those things that I I grieved and mourned like I was in that space for so long. And then finally, in 2016, this is the third year. So 2016, I finally said, you know what? I'm going to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, and I was just at that point, I was thinking selfishly. I will admit that I was thinking maybe I'll feel better if I can save a life. I couldn't save hers and no one saved hers. But maybe I can do something that will save someone else's life. And so that's when I said, I looked online. I thought there was a walk in Austin, Texas. That's where she was born and raised. And I said, let's just do the walk in Austin, in her hometown, and let's raise money. And I got all my family members. I campaigned, family, friends. And we had a huge team that first year. I think our team was about 35, 40 people. And we raised uh, we were the top fundraiser for that year. And, you know, so and then I decided, you know, that's going to be something I keep. You know, we do others. My grandmother has Alzheimer's. So we do other fundraisers throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Catalyst for Change will. And because it's fairly new. So this is our first campaign. So in the fall, we'll do Alzheimer awareness and we'll do some of those things. But lupus is kind of one of those things that's near and dear to my heart because I lost my dear sister. Um, I didn't know. Uh, I'm going to play the appropriate music for you guys because you are a uh, Wonder Woman. So the Wonder Woman soundtrack, <laughs> which will help. We should uh, um, turn it a little bit. So, but great because obviously it's uh, impressive to what you guys are all doing. Uh, and uh, we, we've got uh, Marlene as well. Marlene uh, Greiser, who is a little bit uh, suffers from lupus, and she uh, obviously campaigns as well for it. So, which is uh, 
one thing we do is we just turn it down. Actually, <laughs> well, I've actually turned it down. Turned it down. So, I've got, I'm, so no, I can actually hear myself talk as well. That's better. So you were out with recently with a group of ladies, weren't you? And uh, on the, you were walking. Was it beach? Down the beach you were walking, or was it a beached area? Your your lupus walk. Yeah, so we walked here in Corpus Christi this year. So we walked here in my hometown this year because of the dates just worked out better. And we we are like the number four team right now. We're number four. So we're still, but we're still in the process of raising money. And um, we did do the walk. It was success. We had a blast. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that not only do we uh, give back and save a life, but, you know, it's also a little therapy for us too, you know, especially you know her siblings and her mom. You know, it's it's a little therapy for us in a in a strange sort of way. So, and you know, I've, and like you said, I've met some amazing people by doing it, and um, it's 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 been very a very positive experience. And I hope that you know someone, just one, at least one, will be saved. Yes. So uh, let's. Uh... Let's uh, let's cut the music so I can hear. So hear myself. <laughs> Bad idea, <laughs> but good idea. But let's um, if you ha- just to wrap up the show and to wrap up mm-hmm. uh, for those who have been listening. We apologise again for a slight hiccup at the beginning, but it's all good. Cooking the gas. Sometimes when you do something for the second time around, it's just that much better. And uh, <laughs> having Doctor the Doctor Temmy on the line has been superb. She's certainly been live and unleashed, and we have been on lockdown. Um, but but yeah, just to wrap up the show, uh, give us some final thoughts to everyone who has been listening and who will be listening to us in the podcast in the replay. Um, for those who are unable to be listening live, um, final thoughts to close out the show and to uh, just great to say thank you for finally having you on the show. It's been great, it's been fantastic. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. I know. You know all about me now, and all your listeners know. know all about me now. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on here. I will say that, you know, everyone has their purpose. Yes. And so you, in order to fulfill that, you must really drill down to your passion. What are you passionate about? And pursue it. And don't... You know, we tend to ignore, deny it, and it's it's that time for you to, to walk into it. You know, some people are stuck. They want to go back to school. They don't go back to school. They want to start a business, but they don't start a business. All these things that if you have the desire, you can do it if you want to do it. There's one thing that I tell people, and that is I don't ever say you can do it because I can do it. Because that is untrue. Because I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what life is throwing your way. But what I do know is that if you want to do something, you can do it. You know, you heard all these things about me today. And it, it, it was kind of a little bit snippets of each one. But I want you to know that, you know, even though it sounds like it's disconnected and disjointed, that it's coming together. And it's coming together because I realized one day that this is something I want to do, need to do to help other people to serve. And so I need to do it. So if there's something you want to do, you can do it. You know, you may have to learn about it. You may have to do that. But you break that down in steps. And so that's what I help my women 
Dude, that's what he, he, uh, Frazier talked about my live stream, and that's what I do on live stream. I not only inspire and encourage, but I throw in a little strategy every now and then on how you can start the process of, you know, doing that thing that you're avoiding, that you're denying and ignoring. And so I encourage you, if you're listening to this, to definitely connect with me, follow me. I'm on social media as Dr. Tammy Francis. And so you can definitely connect with me. That's my handle on Periscope, Twitter, IG, and, um, oh, I forget the other one. So, but I'm over there <laughs> on Facebook. My Facebook page is TF Donaldson PhD. So you can definitely join me there. Um, definitely connect with me. I have my online reading community. If you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly forward slash women aspire 17 women with an e aspire 17 and join us there and you know grow if you're a woman and you have what my friends say lady bits you can definitely um join the group and and join us there and um you'll be surprised at what you get you gotta be careful these days a lot of people do well you can, all the, all the thing you you just don't know what sex people are these days. So that's the thing. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it could be a man and then suddenly develop lady bits and you go, good grief. Okay. <laughs> just, well, if they had lady bits, then they have embraced it. So we'll let them in. <laughs> could be the opposite as well. We'll leave that one there. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just to say thank you uh, to Tammy. And th- oh, I was going to say, I'd wonder, I lost my train. I thought I was going to say something else. Oh, that's the point. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Uh, did you ever... Th- would you ever have thought that you'd finally be on a radio station in Edinburgh, Scotland, and talking to somebody in Scotland about your life? No, never. You know, never. I did the traditional track, and I went to school, I went to college, I got a job, and it wasn't until I did what I explained to the audience, when I finally did it myself, that I realized that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And um, Fraser and I have been in communication for several months now about this opportunity. And I, you know, even thinking about it today, I think about I never thought this, but I always thought global. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be global. I knew I wanted to go beyond borders. And so I love this name of the show. And so this is definitely one of those that's a check in the box of. Um, dream is on the road to being fulfilled. I have a long way to go. I have a lot to do. I have a lot of pieces of my businesses to get in order and get together. But y'all, this is amazing. It's amazing to be doing something that you know you're meant to do. You're called to do. You've been commissioned to do. Well, the good thing is that hopefully in about maybe a year's time, uh, Tammy will have progressed immensely in all her businesses that she does and you will have her back on the show and have her back on giving us an update on all that she's been doing and all the things that she's been changing and as I say catalyst for change and to anybody who wants to if you want to change if you're in a situation that you're thinking my life is just going absolutely nowhere and you're just like what do I do you've got to and you're you're in, a, in that sort of rut and you just get off change go for it mate if you've got a passion you've got to go and go and just do it it's time the only, you're the only person that can do it nobody else can do it for you if you want to do it do it don't because do you ever find that there's a lot of people who moan about change what about things that are happening in life but don't do anything about it 
and they constantly moan and constantly moan, oh, this is going on, this is going on, but never actually do anything about it. Exactly. And and that's why I have a business. That's what I do, because a lot of things some people can't do on your own. You know you have the desire. Once you make the commitment to do it, Mm -hmm. then you can seek those people that can help you. And that's that's why I have a business. That's why Mm -hmm. I have a, a career in helping women. And you have to you have to want to change if you're not. I mean, a lot of people I, I do this. A lot of people I know who maybe the uh, I mean people who are want they want to change and maybe they struggle. They don't know how to or the situation they're in. But in life, eventually, if you're not happy with how things are going in your life, change. Make that step. Make, it's like a di- it's like dieting. It's like changing your eating habits. You've got to start somewhere. There's always that first step, and it's never easy. But once you take it, it's you're just going to persevere through the withdrawals, the, si- the situations of whatever, just getting used to that change. But if you make that change, there is help, there is light at the end of the tunnel, that things will get better, that every situation is different, understandably, but there is always a positive outcome. There is change coming, make, make us better. And, make, and like Tammy's been talking about, you can change. You're just going to get that help and don't, don't hold back. But anyway... Wrap up. Thank you for listening, uh, for everybody who's out there uh, across the world, and thank you for all the people that have been listening to Tammy. And uh, we look forward to getting Tammy in the future, and uh, and our fellow anybody else that's connected with Tammy, and you're interested in having your platform on Hearts on Live or the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders. Uh, get in contact, uh, hook up with me, happy to have a chat, and uh, get you on. It'd be fantastic. So, Tammy, thanks once again, and uh, thank you for being here. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your sharing your platform and allowing me to share a little bit about who I am that I don't normally talk about. So yes. this has definitely been unleashed. Certainly has been unleashed. But anyway, to everyone, have a great weekend wherever you are or whatever you're, whatever you're up to. Uh, take it easy and uh, peace, love and hugs and speak to you next week. Bye-bye now.